Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Digest and Invest podcast. As usual, I'm joined by the main man all the way out in Sydney, Australia. Josh, how are you? I'm very well, Sam. Thanks. Very well. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Not bad. The sun is shining. I just mentioned to you. It's five degrees outside currently, but there's only blue skies. So cloud spotters this morning would be fuming. There's no clouds in the sky. Um, but uh, yeah, how, how have you been? How's uh well, how was last night or your morning? <laughs> yeah, no, all good, thanks. Yeah, it's it's been a joyful couple of days in, in Australia. The borders are open. Um, so good news on the stock front, reopeners. Um, and uh, obviously families back together and watch this space. You might see Sam North in, in Australia at some point. Soon come, soon come. Well, we can talk about the reopeners uh, later. I guess before we get into talking about what we're going to talk about we can uh, just mention for our listeners that uh, we had a, an incredible podcast last night or for my last night your morning um with with yoni asia our ceo and uh, and pomp as well which uh, i thoroughly enjoyed did you yeah absolutely um a bit starstruck can't i sat there yeah. both of them having a nice having a good chat um especially when we were just sort of sat back and they had a little conversation between themselves but yeah just two you know fantastic minds um you know just just having a conversation and being able to ask some questions was just yeah it was just fantastic yeah i enjoyed that moment when they were just talking to each other and we just sat back and we're just listening yeah. we're both on mute just thinking yeah this is just what taking it's all, about. it all in yeah yeah no it's fantastic so that that will uh we'll get that edited and, and uploaded for our listeners probably the beginning of next week we'll get that up so uh make sure you're subscribed for that it's going to be a cracker really good one uh to to listen to on on the podcast today i think we that we've got to talk about russia and ukraine again it's really the main driver of markets right now headline driven market that leads us quite nicely onto the next subject which we'll talk about which will be oil which is edging closer and closer to that hundred dollar a buck hundred dollar barrel um and then uh, to wrap up this week, we can talk about those reopenings, as you mentioned there, the uh, the borders opening up in, in Australia too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and as you say, the talk of markets is, of course, Russia and Ukraine. Um, you know, so it would be good to maybe sort of calm things down, you know, let, let our listeners know sort of, you know, it's not maybe all doom and gloom, um, you know, so... Uh, because it is ruffling feathers, right? You know, you know, all of the media requests that I'm getting from um, from journalists at the moment is all about Russia and Ukraine, um, and that's what people are talking about in the news. So it'd be good to to sort of give an update and hopefully calm things down. For sure, I was I was just uh, on my way downstairs, and my brother, who um, so we we sold our place. We're both living at home. It's a proper throwback. I'm loving it. He's not, but anyway, he he just shouted down, "What's happening with the S and P? Am I buying or am I selling?" And I said, "Well, look." It, it really depends on the headlines. I mean, he's got a longer term outlook. Um, he's just adding to his his pension, his SIP, um, uh, following the spy. But uh, yeah, it, who knows? It's going to be headline driven, right? But what what uh, what are things looking like right now for you? 
It's a great time for traders, though, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. Um, do you know what I mean? Because each it, it feels like we're going back to again, not sort of the, anywhere near the same volatility, but obviously when COVID first started, um, oh, that was a trader's dream, wasn't it? You know, when we get in yeah. limit downs and etc. I couldn't wait for the markets to open up every day or futures to come online. Um, but uh, yeah, look, you know, ultimately it has been a really difficult start to the year. You know, for investors, we obviously, obviously, as we say, we've had inflation, we've had the Fed. You know, it's it's all of it mixed in is not a sort of a great combination. And ultimately, this combined with all of that, it's going to make a really difficult job for for central banks. I actually think now this sort of um, uncertainty might actually move the Fed to to maybe pull back that fifty basis point hike and maybe go back to twenty five. We'll see. Um, but it's like I said last week, it's just something. As I say, it's just not needed um, and just adds that uncertainty. As we sort of said, um, I think in previous week, and I wanted to reiterate this, but these most geopolitical crises have sort of historically had minimal long-term global market repercussions, right? So although markets that are that are directly tied to the event, they can obviously tend to have a much more significant, you know, and a longer-lasting, you know, impact or effect. So, you know, obviously what we'll see is that the biggest impact is going to come from obviously Russian local markets, Eastern European assets. You know, other European markets might suffer, but mainly it's going to be Russia and Eastern European assets. And I know that probably goes without saying, but, you know, they will be they will take the brunt of it. Uh, Russia has obviously really come under pressure. I think the index is already down. The local index is already about, down about 25 percent, 30 percent year to date. So it's struggling. And look, it's not easy to navigate these geopolitical you know, events as as an investor because there is so much uncertainty and we're getting this volatility. We're up 2% one day, we're down 3% the next day. It's really difficult to judge. Um, and it tends to be the fear of the event rather than the event itself that actually spooks markets. Um, I think we said it last week, but we come back to when we talk about sort of the Russia-Crimea tensions in 2014. Well, the S&P sold off in the first few weeks of the fears and, you know, and then it bottomed out about two weeks before actually the, um, you know, Russia officially occupied Crimea. So, you know, ultimately, this is likely to have a short term impact on markets, but long term, um, I think we've got to zoom out and we've still got to be positive. We've got to remember where we've come from. We had a really, really strong couple of years. Company earnings are still delivering earnings growth in the US by 30 percent. Um so far in 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 europe we're around about 60 percent and that's despite higher cost pressures you know and ultimately i think you know we'll believe that profit margins are going to stay near these record levels and that's going to drive further earnings growth um yes returns are going to be lower in 2022 for markets i think that's goes without saying now we're going to continue to see volatility throughout the year but ultimately we still see at the end of this year that we're going to have an s p 500 that has a positive return um, as I say, great Q4 earnings season so far and above analyst expectations. So I think what's really important is that we, you know, investors aren't panicking, panicking right? Because ultimately you, you read short-term news headlines, you read exactly what's going on, your exit positions is very, very similar to that sort of situation that you get with, with, with COVID, right? And how quickly we recovered. And, you know, I'll even admit that I sold a few positions, you know, during COVID. And now if I'd have held on to them, one of them, Actually, I will continue to kick myself in. It was Ford. Um, you know, it went really down and I just thought, you know, I'm just going to cut my losses. Um, and, you know, looking now and yeah, 
anyway we'll go back to we'll have another day of, of bad trades that we can probably <laughs> fill yeah. the podcast with Sam but you know um look I think in the short term if investors are looking for that safe haven great you know you can rotate to safe haven assets such as gold if you're looking for that short-term protection other commodities like oil etc that are doing really well but I think events like this once again illustrate the importance of diversification in a portfolio and in avoiding overexposure to a single asset class you know just being in disruptive tech or just being in in tech stocks or just being in stocks in general right or crypto you know if you're just in these sort of riskier assets and you're not holding other assets then this is the reason why we bang on about diversification so much um, and so often because when these tensions arise some assets such as gold and commodities these will weather the storm and yes they're not gonna you know really do much for your portfolio throughout the year and they might not really give you high returns but ultimately when you know this happens and and it will often happen where we do get uncertainty in markets this is where commodities and these safe havens really come into their own you know and other assets such as crypto etc they're going to respond with that sort of higher volatility um so as i say if you're a longer term investor let's go back to that old saying let's zoom out focus on your goals and, and try to remember you know why you were buying those stocks in the first place because ultimately has that has why you're buying it changed probably not with this sort of situation so remember that and, and remember those goals if you're investing for 10 years this sort of short-term impact isn't really going to affect your sort of overall investing mindset yeah if in doubt zoom out uh so yeah traders enjoy it while it lasts and, and investors yeah just have that longer term view that made you get into these positions for for the first place interesting point there just about the 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 fed so they're meeting on well, it's a two-day meeting, but the decision comes on the 16th of March. So I think that's a couple of Wednesdays away, two, three Wednesdays away um, from, from now. And currently on the, the CME Fed Watch Tool, uh, which I'm sure some of our listeners uh, do view on a, on a weekly basis, 67% chance of 25 basis points, 32% of a 50. So that's changed around in, in recent weeks. I'm sure over the coming days, that's going to change again there. You mentioned the S&P just under a little bit of pressure. It's moved into a correction territory yesterday. However, as of this podcast, it started quite brightly today. This is the 33rd correction or bear market since 1980, which, to be honest, doesn't sound that much. And yeah, they're not fun. They're not exciting. No one likes them. But the one year return later is nearly 25% and higher 90% of the time. So if in doubt, zoom out. Uh, and yeah, as Josh was saying, guys, diversify is key and, and of course never risk too much in one of those assets. Um, oil, as we've mentioned before many times, has a direct correlation with the Russia-Ukraine situation. We're getting closer and closer to that magic free figure mark, the $100 barrel. What are your thoughts on it at the moment? Also, I, I saw a, a tweet yesterday that, and it was saying if tensions ease in the Russia and Ukraine, and oil prices top out because of it. And subsequently, we're going to see inflation cool in the second half of the year. Do, do you see that happening? Yeah, and it's the opposite if if, if these sort mm. of um, tensions increase, right? You know, and I think the biggest, I think overall, um, and again, this is what I've, I've sort of wanted to get across over the last week, is that the thing, I think the biggest impact these tensions are going to have is going to be on commodities because Russia is a big producer there. Um, 
you know, oil, I think we, we had a discussion, maybe it was last week, maybe the week before, talking about when we thought you know, it might hit $100 a barrel. Um, it very, very nearly hit it yesterday. Um, Brent was just off about $99, um, so just off of it, um, before it sort of eased off. I think we're around, around about 96 again today. But I was looking at Bloomberg yesterday and reading sort of a few um, sort of economist points and, and sort of they had anticipated that if oil climbs above $100 a barrel by the end of February, so the end of this month, then it would lift inflation in the US by about half a percentage point in um, in the second half of the year. So as you say, either way, uh, whatever happens with the oil market, it's going to have a huge impact on, on inflation. Um, and ultimately, that's then going to come back to the Fed once again. If oil prices soar, inflation then starts to increase. The Fed then become more hawkish. So that's, I think, where this, I think that's where, for me, the biggest worry comes from with, with actually this situation is well, I go back to the Fed. The whole Russia and Ukraine situation, I don't think for investors right now should be a huge worry. I think we've got to look to the Fed because, again, the Russia-Ukraine situation spills over into oil. Oil situation spills over into inflation. Inflation then spills over into the Fed potentially being more hawkish so um look i think if, if oil prices do continue to to sort of rise um as i say it's going to be that double-edged sword you know it's going to dent sort of a global economy's growth prospects drive inflation higher um but on the other side of that again yes it's a negative but fantastic if you're a commodities investor um you know it's a real sweet spot for markets at the moment tight supply strong demand and we've got investors obviously rotating there with that huge demand um for inflation hedged assets so um it's a bit of a catch-22 it's it's quite a difficult one to um to sort of really pin down but the bloomberg commodities index that's its highest level it's been in eight years um you know we're gonna see obviously again probably people are going to be asking okay well what stocks are going to do well from the russia ukraine well again i would say you know those commodity stocks those oil um names you know exxon bp um shell etc you know they're going to continue to see profits rise as soon as oil continues to drive higher so they're going to benefit from from this in um you know hand over fist so that's again you know, and, and another area that, that investors can, can ultimately look at is those sort of oil stocks, um, you know, in, in the shorter, longer term. But yeah, just to go back to that question, if, you know, oil does continue to increase, inflation goes higher. If oil um, price drops per barrel, then, yeah, I think inflation does start to cool down. So um, as I say, it's just going to add even more to what's already going to be a very, very tricky situation um, for the Federal Reserve and other central banks, of course. Yeah, more more fuel to the fire. Is that is that a pun? Oil? Yeah, it is, isn't it? More yeah, fuel to the fire. Yeah, we'll take that. We'll yeah. take that. Um, what do you, I, I know you probably don't drive much in London, but what is? Do you know what a price per liter is? Do you know what? I I never look. I never look. Yeah. Uh, I I guess I'm, I'm privileged that I I just don't have to drive too much from from where I am. Um, but yeah, next time I'll check it out. Although every time I do meet. My mate who has to drive every day for, for work, he's always complaining about it. So he's not happy. But I honestly reckon if it was half the price, he still wouldn't be happy. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But it's, it's an interesting it's point. It's about, it's about a pound uh, 46. Pound 46. Uh, I, oh, yeah, so. I, I fill up probably once every six weeks. I drive okay. to, to the gym, which is not often, but like a five-minute drive and maybe to the driving range once every couple of weeks to play golf. Okay. So, yeah, not often. But uh, it's an interesting point with the, the gas prices, right, because an oil gas prices midterms this year in, in the States and 
um, you know, Biden won't want to lose those those voters that are, you know, not going to be happy with having to pay more for everyday living and at the, the pump as well. So we'll see how that develops, those midterms, obviously, at the back end of the year. I was just having a, a quick look earlier, just with some stats regarding the, the Russian trade surplus. And obviously, with the, the rising oil and, and gas uh, exports, they rebounded sharply in, in, in 2021. Crude oil exports climbed to $32 billion in the fourth quarter. And that's the highest level going back to 2014. Um, I can share that chart on my, on my Twitter later. But uh, yeah, they made made uh, a little bit out of that, haven't they? Um, reopening stocks we mentioned at the beginning. So first of all, congratulations on your borders, Josh. Um, booking holdings are, are out this week. How do, you, how do you feel about it all at the moment? Are there any particular stocks you're, you're keeping an eye on in, in this particular field? Yeah, you mentioned it, but I, I do think that the biggest feather in the cap of travel stocks is the Australian borders because it's one of the toughest of them all, right? We were so tough. I think us and New Zealand, we, we had some of the toughest restrictions. Mm. So that shines a very good light, I think, on the reopeners and ultimately the outlook for travel, you know, because we were, again, you were pretty much traveling freely in Europe not freely but again you weren't landlocked like we were um so so i think that it ultimately it, it's bright for for the outlook because you know with us opening then that just means that the world is sort of ready to get back out there so i think that's very positive um and ultimately i think the 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 reopeners they they were pretty resilient actually to, to omicron you know from what we've seen so far i think airbnb is probably the the real guidance from that um they saw its nights and experience um revenue that climbed by about 58 percent year over year um so again we're still going in a, in a time of of covid um year over year comparison um but obviously with omicron that's still pretty decent but what was really interesting was not only was that obviously significantly higher than obviously um you know q4 2020 but actually it was higher than q4 2019 so we're talking pre-pandemic so yes, Airbnb has obviously risen, um, you know, in, in its status over that time. You know, it's it's obviously IPO'd. A lot more people are obviously choosing to stay in an Airbnb than ever before. But I think it ultimately demonstrates that people are becoming less concerned about COVID nineteen and are eager to travel again. Yes, I guess maybe Airbnb is maybe slightly different to something like Expedia or Booking, you know, holdings because uh, they have those sort of quirky stays. You know, it's we call it an airbnb now when we go and stay in an apartment right we just sort of use it it's like it's like the hoover isn't it it's not a vacuum cleaner it's a it's a hoover but um yeah i, I think we're, they're seeing longer stays as well because we've got this sort of work from anywhere trend you know they're, they're seeing um like longer stays increase which is helping ultimately overall revenues and profits um because people are staying longer and spending more money um and also their sort of forecast was bright as well q1 revenues uh, exceeded analyst expectations in terms of forecasts and that means that they could set a record number of quarterly stays that they've ever seen you know so again showing sort of resilience once again so i think ultimately the reopeners they're going to benefit from sort of these looser restrictions globally as i say borders here um you know not really much going on in the uk i don't think anymore Again, you, you had a long time in lockdown in the UK, so that's that's something to, to really take into account. So I think 
we're still really a long way from these these sort of names recovering and getting back to where they were we've got to remember these guys hemorrhaged a lot of cash especially airliners cruise liners etc it's going to be really difficult for them or and it's going to be a long journey right and to really see this pay off again long-term investors uh, this is i think what you've got to be looking at um and they've, they've underperformed but they aren't going to stay out in the cold forever you know most earnings from you know Boeing, Marriott, those sorts of names, they're still half of what we actually saw before the pandemic started. So I think travel stocks are certainly um, something to watch as we move through 2022. You know, and and I think um, there is still opportunities out there. Yes, a lot of them have recovered from their lows, but I do still think you know you know names like Airbnb that have got that sort of techie vibe. Um, you know, sort of really able to to capture the modern day era of travel. Um, but I think, look, again, they, they come with that risk, right? You know, because we could succumb to another virus wave. It's still possible. But I think we're more resilient. We have vaccines. Economies are not willing to go into lockdowns. We understand how to live with the virus better. We're also much more sensible, I think, as well. You know, people still wear masks in places where they don't necessarily have to. And I also think we're probably much more confident than we were two years ago. Um, people were, you know, very, very worried about this and, and probably, you know, rightly so still are. But I think we've learned to sort of live with it. And I think that will continue and ultimately we'll, we'll benefit these reopening travel stocks um, longer term. Yeah. And, and you know what, for, for our listeners, it's, it's a very, it's a very good lesson. I think if we go back to what was on recon was that sort of end of november december i, I, I seem to think maybe a little yeah, bit must have earlier. Been, maybe, maybe a bit earlier yeah yeah but i mean look panic in the market reopening has got smashed okay and you know if we look to where we are now and potentially where we're going to go you know that's when that opportunity comes and it's almost like well hang on markets are now in that correction sometimes when there is a little bit of panic in the market that it offers good opportunity now trying to catch a falling knife isn't easy um, but there's a couple of ways around that. And there's obviously fading into a position, there's dollar cost averaging. So sometimes when that opportunity presents itself is actually at the darkest of times. And if you have a look at some of these stocks that we, Josh and I have just mentioned, they go back to see how they performed in December to what then led to this you know, rise higher that we've seen through January and, and, and February for, for some of them. Really interesting. And, and I think a lot can be learned from that, especially with what's going on now with tech stocks. You know, Do I think tech stocks have got more to go? probably to the downside but for some of them they've got a really good opportunity once they start to recover so is that an opportunity to add to a position albeit in a diversified portfolio but a really sort of good lesson uh, there i think for people to to spend a little time get the charts up have a look at your airbnbs your disney's your booking holdings all of those kind of easy jets marriott all of those worth having a little look at just to see the journey that they've been on um, and for, for sort of for future reference there. Um, look, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it there. I know we've got a few more things to talk about next week. We can go into Europe in a little bit more detail too, as I'm just catching the DAX is back on such an important level, just in and around that 14,800. I mean, by the time you listen, it could be higher, it could be lower, uh, but uh, certainly interesting nonetheless. Josh, thank you as, as always. I feel like I'm seeing you more and more and more. Yeah, we're going to get to this this uh, you know this meeting soon. We're going to, the pod will be live. It's yeah, it's but yeah, we are we are seeing each other more frequently, Sam, because we have lots of special guests coming on the podcast. So people it's should true. should uh, should make sure they subscribe and give us a five star rating on Spotify, please. Absolutely, Thanks. and another one, another special guest next week. Actually, so look out for that. 
that too but yeah um yeah, as always you can go to the academy guys to, to find out more podcast guys videos you name it it's there uh but yeah hopefully um you will enjoy this episode you'll enjoy the one next week um and our special guest one uh, as well which will follow so anyway take care have a good one thanks guys take care you've been listening to digest and invest from etoro for more information visit etoro.com <laughs>